Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada, and today I'm talking about what happens when we go outside of God's Word seeking a direct revelation. Well, you remember that book, The Shack? It was written by William P. Young. After Young received repeated rejections of his book, he self-published it in 2007. A year later, a million copies had been sold. It then vaulted to the top of the New York Times bestseller list, where it spent comfortably 139 weeks, or two and a half years. And it resurged to the top 10 again when the movie came out in 2017. Well, it seems that the shack is here to stay. Since the book, and now the movie, has had such lasting power and such impact, Let's take a look at behind the scenes of its origins. Young's early life. William Young's parents were missionaries in Papua New Guinea, ministering among a tribe whose very first contact with the outside world only occurred in 1920. There, Young was cared for during the day by members of the area's Dani tribe, who Young says sexually abused him. When he was sent to a boarding school in West Papua as a young boy, the abuse continued, there by older boys at that school. At age 10, Young returned to his homeland in Canada with his parents, but he he attended 13 different schools before graduating high school. As a married adult with children, Young, unfortunately, had an affair with his wife's best friend. They spent the next 11 years in counseling, which continued through his bankruptcy, the sale of his house, and all his belongings at auction. That is the point at which Young wrote The Shack. Young based his book on his own self and his own real pain. He states that the book was generated by whispers from God, dreams, and written pads of conversations he'd allegedly had with God. Young said in an interview that originally he had wanted to name his book Conversations with God, but someone had already put out a book with that name, so Young changed it. As an aside here, the book Young is referring to is called Conversations with God, and it's by Neil Donald Walsh, which I reviewed, along with The Shack, in a three-part series, in a link that I'll put in the notes. Well, here's a quote from a review of The Shack by Dallas Theological Seminary. We read, quote, Though the book itself is fiction, the author claims that the conversations between God and the main character, Mac, reflect conversations he had with God. And after years of such dialogues, Young was looking for a way to hand them down to his children. Thus, the story is not real, but the conversations were. 
So is the story true? The interviewer asked. The pain, the loss, the grief, the process, the conversations, question, anger, longing, secrets, lies, forgiveness, all real, all true, Young replied. Again, Young claims, and the conversations are very real and true. End quote. Well, Young could not reconcile the pain he was personally experiencing and the pain of others he saw all around him, where with the God of the Bible, at least the Jesus of the New Testament, which Young saw, was the kinder God, as opposed to the Zeus-like God of the Old Testament. Well, Young wanted a God, but not the God. And here is Exhibit A, another quote. When it came time to write the book, Young decided, I was trying to get as far away from Gandalf with a bad attitude, God, as I could, he says, referring to the common depiction of God as an old white man with a long white beard. Zeus is not a helpful representation of the God that is revealed in Jesus, and that is part of the reason I did that. It was so much more embracing and open as a woman. End quote. He's referring there to deciding to present God in his book as a woman. And that was from the New York Post. So essentially, God, Young says he was helping God along with the way people perceive him. So he changed God into a woman because Young thinks women are more open and embracing. Oh, boy. Well, believers don't fashion golden calves today or erect statues of Moloch or make wooden fish gods like Dagon, Dagon, but we do fashion idols. We do worship idols. When we remake God into something else, we are making an idol. Idols are worthless. When we turn from the one true and living God to a God we have fashioned for ourselves, we abandon our faithfulness. Let's read Jonah 2.8. Those who are followers of worthless idols abandon their faithfulness. Well, too many people make the mistake of thinking that the God of the Bible is a split personality. There's Old Testament God angry, New Testament God nice. But the God of the Old Testament is the same as the God of the New Testament. Grace is found plentifully in the Old Testament, even beginning in Genesis. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, Genesis 6-8. Jesus' wrath is found plentifully in the New Testament. We saw that in his overturning of the tables, pronouncing woes upon the Pharisees, and <clears throat> hasn't Mr. Young ever read Revelation? It's all about the wrath of the Lamb. What a juxtaposition. The Lamb has wrath. Lambs are always thought of as kind and gentle, but not the Lamb of the true God in Revelation. And as for women being more open and embracing, 
Well, the prodigal son was insulting, rebellious, a runaway, and filthy, but he was sought by the father and embraced heartily when the son returned, celebrated even. But that picture isn't enough for young, and also not enough for young, and for many people who fashion a different God for themselves, is understanding that our God who forgives his enemies loves filthy sinners at enmity with him, adopting them, welcoming them into his kingdom, and even at his table, at the expense of the life of his son, is the most embracing act in the universe. You cannot get any more embracing than that. Well, the reason that people go outside of scripture is that they are dissatisfied with God as revealed in the Bible. It doesn't begin with seeking more of God outside of scripture. It can't be because the Bible is infinitely alive and we can never plumb its total depths. No, people who go outside scripture are unhappy with God as revealed in his word. They are seeking something other than God. They have a need to fill their ungodly lusts or develop different perceptions or fashion themselves a more appealing God. It's the same with anyone who goes outside of the word, like Beth Moore, Sarah Young of Jesus Calling, Jenny Allen of If Gathering, Joanna Gaines of Magnolia Enterprises and HGTV's Fixer Upper and the other popular evangelical celebs who claim to have had a word from God outside the Bible, or they've claimed a conversation, a dream, heard a voice, or had some kind of experience. As you might expect, the shack is full of errors and heresies. Here is Tim Challies with a negative review containing explicit biblical explanations as to why. And I'll put that link in the notes too. If you, dear sister, feel the rumbling of incipient seeds of dissatisfaction and you start asking for a word apart from his already delivered word, stop. You are walking down a dangerous road toward fashioning an idol for yourself. As the psalm says, soon you will abandon your faith. Knowing our God is a privilege. He has sought us and bought us at great expense. He loves us. Indeed, before we even loved him, he loved us. He spent 1,500 years inspiring the Bible to over to 40 men revealing himself in all his beauty and his truth and his glory. It is sufficient. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Go ahead and delve into our sufficient word. Mm -hmm.